Welcome to the Chaps Devo Podcast. I'm Travis Jewell, an active duty Navy chaplain, and during these podcasts, we are going to talk about what God's Word has to say about relevant topics regarding military life, marriage, family, relationships, and many other things during these COVID-19 days. You can also check us out online on our YouTube channel at Chaps Devos. We hope you enjoy listening. As always, have a blessed day. Well, welcome. I'm Chaplain Travis Jewell, United States Navy active duty chaplain. Uh, if this is your first time with us, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to Chaps Devos. Uh, it's kind of our one-stop shop for all things related to military family life, uh, relationships, uh, and everything else going on with these COVID-19 days. Man, uh, the last year has been a lot. And um, if you have been tuning in with us, uh, continue hitting that subscribe and like button. It kind of keeps us engage with you. I know you're probably thinking, man, it's been almost six months since the last time we heard a podcast from you, Chaps. Lots been going on. As you can see, I'm wearing a new uniform. Uh, chaplains in the Navy also serve the Coast Guard along with the Marine Corps. And so there's about a little over 40 of us that serve the Coast Guard. Homeland Security buys those billets from the Navy. And we're kind of like Coast Guard Exchange students, so to speak, for the next three years. I'm up here in the Great Lakes in Detroit, Michigan. Big change from Jacksonville, Florida, where we spent the last six years. And so the last time you heard me, I was in uh, Jacksonville with my good buddy, John Mercer, who we're going to show in just a little bit as we were going through uh, Psalms 23. So uh, if this is your first time, welcome. Thank you for hanging out with us, particularly our new Coast Guard family. I'm so honored to be wearing your all's uniform, and thank you for allowing me to serve you and connect with you. As always, if you have questions or suggestions or reviews, please send them to me, to my email, and on the on the show notes, and we will get back to you and try to answer those at the end of each episode, which right now we're looking to do once or twice a month. Um, I started JPME, Joint Professional Military Education at the Naval War College back in October, and it has been taking a lot of my time. On top of that, we got COVID right before we moved, and man, that was just, we were a hot mess. And my wife has had a shoulder injury, and she's recuperating from that, and just adjusting being up here in the cold and new duty station, cover about 25 entities from Sault Ste. Marie all the way down to Marblehead, Ohio. And so a lot of traveling. And um, this is a great way for me to connect with you as I travel to your stations. I'm going to go into Air Station Traverse City in a few weeks, or actually about 10 days. And so uh, this is a way for you to connect with me and me with you. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to our last episode. We had did a two-part series through Psalms 23. This is part three of actually... Uh, uh, two of three, actually. And so my friend John Mercer, a good friend of mine, is going to be on the host, uh, show host with me. And um, thank you so much. We're going to go ahead and just turn it over to that episode 19 for Chaps Devos. We stick together. Well, welcome, everybody. I'm Chaplain Travis Jewell, and this is Chaps Devos number 19. Uh, Chaps Devos number four on our podcast series. And I've got a special guest, one of my best friends, John Mercer. And uh, John, say hello to everybody. How's it going? <laughs> and so we're in my office today, and you know, each week we just kind of pick out some scripture from God's Word, talk about its relevance uh, for life, family, particularly what's going on in COVID-19, because there's been a lot of uncertainty, a lot of questions, a lot of emotions. And uh, you know, a couple weeks ago we went through Psalms 23, and we've just been kind of walking through. So if this is your first time with us, make sure to click on the subscribe button. Make sure to uh, go to our chapsdevos.org. ORG is kind of our one-stop page for podcasts, for our YouTube channel, and for our Facebook page. And so you can kind of see all that 
and that'll also be in our show notes. And if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. That Thank like you. really helps. And why is that? Algorithms. Algorithms. Yeah. So the more people like a video, the more people that have similar interests will see that as a recommendation. See? So it's a great way to share something like this with your friends and family without sending them this direct link and you know guilt tripping them into you know <laughs> and you would never do that chat. right exactly right. No. about nothing so and our wives are probably like what are they doing right now they're making a podcast okay very well so anyway uh we're gonna do a real quick recap we're, we're always reading from esv and we'll always put the words on the screen for those that are watching the youtube if not we'll send you a link to the uh uh, the Bible app and Bible Gateway, so if you want to look at this on your own later. But uh, Psalms 23, starting with verse 1. It's going to kind of do a quick recap, and then we'll hop right into verse 3. Starting with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And we stopped there. We talked about, you know, uh, our role as sheep, and we talked about the shepherd, and we talked about God being our shepherd, and talking about all what it meant to really answer the question, how are you doing? You know, a lot of times we ask that in you know, the P-ways on the ship, or you're going about your day, and, and it, what is the common response? I'm fine. We talked about that four-letter word. And really, two things. Either I don't want to give the time, or you don't want to have the time to listen. And so we just say the superficial level. We kind of stay there. And so yeah, we talked about that, right? Yeah, I'm just good to go. And do you really want to know how we're doing? And, that, and that's why I actually last week, you know, push the pause button, if you're listening and ask yourself this question, how am I doing? And so my good buddy John here, I've known for several years. We're going to be, of course, PCSing here pretty soon up to Michigan. And uh, we'll we still keep talking about it. <laughs> we're going to still keep doing the podcast. But I brought John in today because he has been very instrumental in my life and our family. Uh, we met several years ago at Oasis North Florida Church Plant up in, uh, was it River City? Is that what it's Yeah, kind of North Jacks. North Jacks. Ocean Way. Yeah. And so worship leader working with organizations for leadership development. I'm not going to give a plug to all his stuff because he does a whole bunch of stuff and that's that's not really what this is about. I'm just having my buddy, two friends talking about God's word and so, but uh, he's a great guy and so he's kind of a jack of all trades and a master of a lot of things and so. Nice. <laughs> master of being annoying. I've got that down. So what we're going to do today, we're just going to kind of continue on through verse 3 and verse 4. And for many of you, if you've never read the Bible, you've probably heard this, like I said last time, in a funeral or somewhere like that, uh, or maybe uh, Instagram page, particularly this next verse. Uh, at my last, uh, actually my first unit with 3rd Battalion, 4th Marines, I'm looking in right now, you can't see, but up on my wall over here is all of our thousand Marines of 3rd Battalion, 4th Marines, and they were called the Dark Side. And their, their slogan was, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for for I am the dark side. So that was a that's a whole nother Yeah. Yeah. I was dark side chaps, dark padre, dark father. There you go. I was all kinds of call signs. And so uh, it was interesting. Here's guys and gals who, you know, maybe not even really have any kind of background with the Bible. They kind of picked out some things. And so um, let's look at what it means contextually though. Let's look at God's word today, uh, historically, contextually, and hopefully relevant for you today. So Let's go ahead and jump right into verse 3 here. John, would you like to go ahead and read verses 3.5 uh, through 4? Yes. So 3 starts with, He restores my soul. Then it says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. For your rod 
and your staff, they comfort me. Okay. So we, we ended last time on He Restores My Soul. And that's such a, man, that right there, that's a whole, you could have a whole message just on that right there. Because let's be honest, when was the last time that you felt that your soul had been restored? I mean, you and I talk with a lot of different people all the time in church work and military and some of the organizations you work with. I mean, people's souls are weary these days. Absolutely. COVID hasn't made it any easier, Mm-mm. but you know, we, we spent a lot of time talking about COVID-19 and this place that we are today. And if you were to find this video or this podcast or this discussion 10 years down the road, you, you're going to have to look up uh, on Google or whatever it is at the time <laughs> yeah. uh, what that is. But in any crisis, that crisis is just the, the context. Correct. It's the context of the moment. Uh, if you went back to 2007, the context would have been uh, an economic crisis. And so we can look at all of these spots in history where there are different things that just bring all this tension into our life. But when we look at life as a whole, we see seasons, things change, but we have these things that they just seem to suck the life out of our soul. They do. So where are the moments when we connect with God and connect with each other uh, to, to kind of refill the cup, if you will, instead of always pouring out, being poured into? Yes. It was interesting seeing being poured into instead of always pouring out. We kind of give, give, give till there's nothing left to give away. Uh, I remember my, uh, one of my very first cars I bought brand new was a 99 Mercury Cougar little hatchback. And uh, I was a big Seinfeld. I uh, love watching Seinfeld. If you don't know who, what Seinfeld is, Google it, YouTube it. It was a great series. I love Seinfeld. And there was this episode where Kramer and uh, Jerry went to go rent a car to see how far they could get in the red before the car ran out of gas. And the whole episode was them, you know, and, they had the, and they had the salesman. They're riding to the get into the red. It's like an exhilarating moment of getting into the red. And eventually the episode ended them. You could hear the kind of clunk, 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 and they were passing me the exit, and they still kept going like, yeah. You know, that's great for TV, but for real life, you know, I was not always the best at keeping gas in my car when I was younger. My dad always told me, if you get down to a quarter tank, you need to go do that because if the, all the sediment fills up at the bottom of the tank, that fuel pump is still pumping, but all that sediment builds up, and eventually it'll burn up your pump. And it's not just like the old filters where you could just change them out. You have to drop the tank. You got to pull out the fuel pump and the fuel filter, which are all in one. And it's kind of an expensive process. And sure enough, one day I ran out of gas going to work. And on the side of the road, it cost me about 300 something bucks to get it fixed. And then wow. I got married. And about two years later, my, my lovely wife, Misty, uh, did the same thing, even after I warned her. And she got... She called me and said, hey, babe, I ran out of gas. Oh, really? And so and it cost me about $700, two fuel pumps. So don't run out of gas is the, is the thing. So why do I say that? Because you, it's going to keep pumping. We are going to keep going until we end up running dry. And we can really only serve out of the overflow that we're allowing God to fill us. And that means getting quiet, getting away. Even Jesus did that. Jesus many, many times got away. And I love this whole thing about sheep and shepherd because the sheep... Sometimes we just don't know any better. We're just kind of doing our thing, and we're not really aware of the toll that it's taking on our soul, which is why I like this next section right here, because it says, um, He leads me in paths of righteousness 
for his name's sake. Now that sounds really nice. If you're listening to this, you're like, well, that sounds real churchy. That's not, you know, we don't really talk in those kind of terms, righteousness. Now, if you're in church and your Bible study lot, you're more familiar with this, but if you're listening to this going, what does that mean? He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, not my name's sake, his name's sake. What do you think that means, John, to you? So when you think of the term righteousness outside of a Christian religious context, it's hard to have that word make much sense. Mm -hmm. So when you when you see righteousness, think rightness, think um, a, a sense of morality. Uh, another biblical word would be holiness. Mm -hmm. Although righteousness uh, here wouldn't necessarily mean that it would be any of us being perfect, but it is that separation from sin. Yeah. The Bible talks about Jesus clothing us with His righteousness, righteousness yes. and, and His perfection. And so the image here is He's going to lead me in the paths of righteousness. So He is going to steer us, if you will, as believers away from sin and toward the heart of God. Uh, the difficult part of that passage for a lot of people to get their arms around is not just the righteousness statement. It's the for his name's sake. That's it right there. I think it's important to talk about because we live in such a me-centered society. Oh, absolutely. I'm entitled. It's all about me. You know, have it your way. Mm -hmm. And it's all wrapped up around happiness and personal fulfillment, like whatever makes you happy, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, whether you want to go down the psychological rabbit trail or all this, but it's really about you know, I am the most important entity in my life, and everything revolves around what I think is right at that moment and makes me happy. You see it in marriage. You see it in, you know, do, now it was interesting, you hear this a lot of time, you know, you need to go find a job where your passion is. Now, if you go to the root word of passion, you know where that root word comes from? It's not what you think is interesting. I heard a pastor say this a couple weeks ago. Passion actually comes from the passion of the passion of Christ. It has to do with sacrifice and mm -hmm. shedding of blood. And so I'm thinking, oh, I've probably been misusing that word passion for years and didn't really think about that. But it's all wrapped up in me. It's not wrapped up in God's will. It's more like, this is my will, God. I'm going to hope you adapt it to my will. And that's what ends up happening. And that's why I think a lot of times sheep, they think they're doing it on their own, but the shepherd's like, okay. I'll let you go that way, but tell me how that works out for you. And then we have this section we're getting ready to get to right here in verse 4 that's going to use some tools I think the shepherd needs to get the sheep's not only attention, but to keep them from danger. And, and the reason they use these tools, we're going to go to Hebrews here in a second, because it all stems out of love. And, and so let's go ahead and, uh, unless you have anything else you want to say about that. Oh, that's great. Okay. So, um, even though, this is verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I don't know about you, but I have, n <laughs> this verse right here has been misquoted so many times Absolutely. and misunderstood. Uh, we're just going to get contextually what this means because you may, I, I think I even had a misunderstanding that for many years of my Christian life. And, and until you really kind of let God's Word speak for God's Word, let God's Word interpret God's Word, right? And so before you go to a commentary, there's great commentaries out there, and I'm not going to give any particular plugs, but there's a lot of great ones. 
let God's Word interpret itself before we start going into some other places. So let's talk about this right here. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow, we just got done hearing He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake, and then it goes even though I walk through the valley of shadow. I think there's a connection between he's leading us in paths of righteousness for his namesake, and then we're also going to be walking through these valleys. So what is the writer here, what, it, what is King David talking about mm. when he mentions the valley of the shadow of death? So what, what specifically is he addressing? Um, there are actual physical spaces there that actually are, are referred to as the valley of the mm -hmm. shadow of death. It's, it's kind of this really, really narrow pass, and it's harrowing. But you can easily contextualize that uh, in your own experience to very difficult, very trying circumstances, things that are very uncomfortable, um, those kind of harrowing moments in life where a heart skips a beat. Mm -hmm. But these two verses, they were written together. So the same God who leads us in paths of righteousness for His namesake is actually the same God that is going to lead us to and through these valleys, these tense moments. They are not a surprise. Yes. I think when we get in difficult situations, it's easy for us to pray uh, prayers of like, why God? Um, as if God is surprised and as yes. if he didn't know well, this was coming. Well, why would a good loving God allow these things to happen to me? Right, I hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, if God's such a good loving God, then why is he allowing me to go through this? What, what kind of cruel joke is this? And then we get in the comparison trap. We compare our lives with others, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I've said this before, comparison is the thief of joy, right? It, we get caught Absolutely. in these comparison trap. And so here's this thing, you know, I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they, here they, they went through the valley of shadow of death, and they, get, they didn't get delivered from the fire. They got delivered through the fire, right? Mm -hmm. And I've said that before. God may not take the pain away from you, but he will deliver you through the pain, mm -hmm. through the darkness. Um, you know, a lot of times people misquote this. They, I mean, I've, I've seen people use this in battle, which, you know, I can see that. But I think contextually it's just this really this relationship with the, that the sheep has with the shepherd as we do with our Heavenly Father God. It's always built around relationship. Uh, and so this fear, fear, as we've said before, is a spirit. Fear is not just a feeling. Fear is a spirit of the enemy. And he wants to come to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10.10. 10. Jesus being that good shepherd, the, the, the enemy being the wolf, the wanting to come and get the sheep, and that's the enemy. He wants to steal our joy. He wants to kill our testimony. He ultimately wants to destroy our life. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life to the fullest and more abundantly. So you look at that fear in Timothy, when Timothy was pastoring in Ephesus, right? Uh, Paul's telling Timothy, hey, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind, or self-discipline, or self-control. And so that fear, I'm not going to fear any evil because God is with me. He's not just looking over in his ivory tower. He is there with us through those dark moments where you feel like, does anybody care? Everybody's abandoned me. 
God is not. That's why he said he will never leave us or forsake us for those of us in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from those, you know, nakedness or peril or famine or sword. And I think this, this is that relationship the sheep has with the shepherd as we as believers, as followers of Jesus have with our good father, right? It's going to be hard. And many times it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I think that's where a lot of people blame God. They get, they get kind of uh, self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. And then they come talk to us, right? Exactly. And so, and what do we tell them? Uh, <laughs> wrong context. Uh, you, you put the wrong person on an altar. Right. Uh, like we talked about earlier, they you're did. worshiping yourself. So, Which look, is idolatry. Well, it is. But, you know, so many of us, we've, we've grown up in a society where we've heard the message that, you know, God loves us and he has a wonderful plan for our life. And he does love us. And he does have plans for our life. I don't know that wonderful, his word wonderful might be your word yeah. wonderful. And so if we look at what God is doing in our lives and we're expecting it to make us um, happy and carefree, God's after leading us in paths of righteousness. Yes. His goals may not be our goals. Oh, man. Happiness is not a biblical value, right? And that's saying God doesn't care about our happiness. He does, but it's, it's never going to be superseding our holiness, right? Mm-hmm. That is always the priority. It's being conformed into the image of Christ, Philippians chapter 2, right? Mm-hmm. And so being uh, having the mind of Christ. You know, think of Christians as little Christs, right? We are followers of Jesus. And so if we say that we are Christians, but we deny them by really how we live and, you know, how we live and really what comes from our hearts, right? For out of the mouth comes is from the heart. So what's coming out has already been squeezed. So like I said this before, like if I had a bottle of water, I don't really have to have this, but if this was a bottle of water, and you shake that up, whatever is inside of here is going to come out. And so when we get squeezed, when we go through those valleys of shadow death, we're going to, what's inside of us, whether it be fear from the enemy or emotion or anger, it's going to come out. And I think it leads us to our next part right here. Uh, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, here is a verse that often gets misquoted a lot. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my word. <laughs> so let's talk about some ways that there are different interpretations of this. What is, what is one interpretation that people have of this, your rod and staff, they comfort me? So there are all these stories that I've heard over the years, because I grew up uh, in some very conservative Southern Baptist churches, and you would hear these stories about things that shepherds would do. And man, if the sheep kept wandering off, they would go get them with a staff and they would pull them back and then they would break their leg and they would carry that sheep around their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a farmer, but I got a big dog. I don't want to carry him around my neck all the time. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know that shepherds would, would do things like that. And so... There's even pictures of them, right? We've oh seen them. gosh, yes. You should Google it. Maybe true, maybe not. I have no idea. Um, I know, you know, if I was herding animals, I don't want to carry two or three of them. I've got two kids. You've got <laughs> a lot, right? Okay, so a full quiver. Um, I know when we're together, often the littler ones we're end up them. with. 
how many can you carry? I can carry. So the most I've ever carried was at, uh, we went down to, this was before COVID, when I was like, down in Kings Bay, we went down to Disney Springs. It used to be the mm -hmm. old, yeah. And so I remember Missy's like, oh, we should bring the wagon. Oh, no, we're not going to the wagon. The kids are going to walk. Well, let me tell you, I wish we would have had that wagon <laughs> because I'm having one kid in each arm and on my back. I look like a daggum goat herder and I felt like a pack mule. And if Balak the donkey could talk, he would have been talking right then. But I'm telling you, I say all that. And if you know what Bailey the donkey is, just look it up later. It's in the Old Testament. But anyway, I, yeah, way tired. I was very hangry. I was uh, not walking in the spirit. I was in living in the flesh. And uh, yes, so I say all that because it's difficult, right, for that mm -hmm. shepherd to do that for, let's say he has 100 sheep. You can't right. do that. No, so you've got to use... You've got to use the tools that are there. So what is the rod and what is the staff? Mm. Okay, so these words are used uh, throughout the Bible. The word staff, usually that wasn't just like a shepherd's staff, and we see those things in the pictures. It looks like the little hook. Uh, that could very well be a walking stick, mm -hmm. which you got to remember most of society in this day and time, they walked everywhere they went and the ground was not level. So having a walking stick provided balance. It wasn't just laziness, it wasn't a crutch, it wasn't a, uh, just a support if you like had a wound or mm -hmm. something that you were nursing. You carried a walking stick because it was to your advantage in navigating the terrain. But the other word, the rod, that is translated elsewhere in uh, scripture for uh, scepter. Correct. Like you'll see a king and he'll have this stick with some jewel on the end. It's, it's also a word used for branch. And what would happen is uh, a shepherd would need a tool to keep the sheep together. Mm -hmm. So that's the staff. And that was something that not only helped them in their balance, but it, it had some reach to it. So you could get you could give the sheep a little bit of a nudge. You could. The rod, however, the significance of that word branch is what you would do is you would break that thing out of a tree right where that knot is. You know, if you've ever done any woodworking, wherever the branch breaks off from the trunk of that tree, you got this big dense knot. Yes. Um, it's it's more dense, therefore it's more heavy, and you would have this rod, this stick. Well, there's a big knot on the end. Sometimes they would put something else on the end to be a weight. Uh, another translation is a club. That's what it was. So uh, speak softly, carry a big stick. That's right. That's where that came from. This is the big stick. <laughs> and so the thing to remember about the rod and the staff, and this, this is something that I talk about uh, with people who are beginning to shepherd people as believers. Mm -hmm. You really have two tools. You have the staff and you have the rod. One is meant for the sheep, one is meant for the predators. Correct, and we're gonna, yes. Yeah, and you always wanna make sure that you're using the right tool. At the right time with the right audience. Exactly. <laughs> know your audience, I say this all the time. One of my chiefs says, chaps, know your audience. And so, you know, think about this, you know, tools that many times the shepherd would have to use the rod and the staff in a way to correct, to steer the sheep away from danger, uh, maybe from doing something dumb, right? And so, which, which reminds me of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 uh, is a big famous part about Jesus being the founder and perfecter of our faith. Uh, when we get down to uh, verse 3, because we just got them hearing about how he is the founder and the perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Then we go into this whole section, the writer of Hebrews says, hey, don't grow weary here. Consider him, verse 3, who endured from sinners such hostility against him so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? And so he's talking to us in this kind of father-son. He says, hey, and he's quoting here Proverbs 3.11. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there who his father doesn't discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have earthly fathers who have disciplined us and we've respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they discipline us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But He disciplines us for our good, that we may share His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems rather uh, painful more than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. There's that word again, to those who have been trained by it. And I think there's a connection there between that leading us in paths of righteousness and then this rod and staff comforting us because he's it's all this is kind of conforming. A lot of times you'll see us as being called the clay and he is the potter, right? And so there's these kind of uh, uh, symbols of how God treats us. And me, you're like, why is he letting us go through this situation? Well, he obviously is trying to use that for his glory and our good. Now, it doesn't feel that way because it may feel painful, as the writer of Hebrews is saying, but it's always out of a motive of love. So I shared this a couple weeks ago. Uh, different levels of leadership. You have leaders that lead by um, um, the other rank or position, you know, positional leadership. And you're only going to follow them based upon um, the bare minimum. If they're only leading by position, okay, I'm going to give you the bare minimum, right? Because there's really no respect. There's really no trust. If you trust somebody because they are leading by now example, right, there's a, there's, there's a different level of trust. If I trust you as a leader, yet I don't understand or I don't agree with, or, or follow, fill in the blank, I'm much more willing to follow your leadership. Why? Because it's built on a relationship of trust. Just like as parents. So there's going to be things we ask our kids to do, and we don't really have the, under, the time to explain it to them, or they have the cognitive ability to understand. Right? That's where we get the old thing, we'll just do it because I said so, which is really a cop-out. But at the crux of it, you know, it's built upon trust. And I tell my kids, listen, just trust me. Do you trust me? Do I, do you, who am I? And they'll be like, your dad. Well, how much do I love you? This, you know, it's because it's built out of love, right? Same thing for us as sheep and the shepherd. There is this love the shepherd has toward the sheep. God has love for you right now. And you may be wondering in your situation, like, why are all these things happening? Does God love me? Does God care? Does God have a plan for my life? How is he using all of this, COVID-19, uh, maybe job loss, financial things, deployments, me being separated from my loved ones, how is he using all that for his glory and my good? And I think this is whole part of this rod and staff comforting us, and we've got to trust the relationship as opposed to trusting our circumstances. And that's kind of where I want to kind of go. I wonder if you have any thoughts about that as we kind of talk about discipline and love and the comforting and the rod. That's kind of where I want to close that for today. Well, I would say, you know, Travis, we've... Uh, 
ended this discussion right in the middle of the song. We did. And we've talked about the uh, valley of the shadow of death. Mm. But that's not at the end of the psalm. It's not. That's in the middle. It is. And it is so easy for me, I shouldn't say us, because I don't want to put my voice in anybody else's context, but it's so easy for me to look at any situation that I'm in and lose sight of the fact that it's just part of a journey. It's a transitional piece, it's a moment, uh, and this too will pass, but it's not a destination. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's I think that's critical to remember. That's right in the center of the song. We need to follow through to the end, which is the destination, which is a great transition to say, you probably need to come back around and <laughs> join us as uh, Next time. Travis leads us through. So yes, and so Psalm 23. And so thank you, John. Thank you so much for coming. You know, you're one of my very best friends. Hopefully, we'll have some more of these. And uh, as we continue, kind of going through Psalm, just enough to kind of get your mind churning, going back and reread this for yourself. Please, you know, allow God's word to speak to your heart. Right? Don't just listen to what we said. Let God speak to you. Um, I believe the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in us as believers. It's going to bring us to a place of unity, not confusion. So uh, click on that subscribe button. Click on the like button. And uh, as always, if you have any questions, please reach out. We stand together. We stick together. Chaps out. Thanks for listening to the Chaps Devo podcast. The viewpoints today are my personal opinions based upon the Bible and are not connected with the United States Navy or Navy Chaplain Corps. As always, we appreciate your comments to continue improving and keeping our material relevant and powerful. Please check us out next week for another episode. Again, have a blessed day.